Welcome to another message from LifePoint Church, located at 400 South Abilene in Valley Center, Kansas. For more information on LifePoint Church, go to our website at lpcag.org. It is our prayer to invest in generations to influence community. And now, today's message. We're going to do things a little bit different as a children's pastor. Um, one thing I, I tell kids if they're distracted, I say, let me see your eyes. Um, and so I, I often see things other than eyes. And um, it just out of habit, if I see that you're not paying attention, I may say something like, Pastor Steve, let me see your eyes. Um, and if you continue to be distracted, I may say something like, hey, Pastor Steve, um, could you move over here so you're not being distracted? Um, or if things get really bad, I may call somebody who's listening really well and say, like, Wesley, I need you to come sit by Pastor Steve. Um, and so... I'll try to refrain, um, but I'm pretty sure looking at you guys, you guys are phenomenal people, and, um, and I will not be distracted uh, because it's, it's honestly not about you. It's, it's about me finishing my notes so you can go eat. Um, <laughs> and one thing I do, though, before the, end, before the beginning of my, of my preaching, we do a prayer release. Um, I have all the kids stand up, so if you'd be willing, could you stand up? If not, it's okay. Um, and I have the kids raise a hand, but if you just have put your arms out like, like you're ready to receive a gift, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be released from our distractions today, that we'd be released from our fears, our worries, just the things bogging us down. And for the next few minutes, that we would hear from your Spirit, and that we would see what you want us to do, and we would be willing to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. Pastor Steve asked me, he said, um, I want you to talk about the things that you've learned about children's ministry the last 13 years. Um, today is January 1st. I started kids. I started as the full-time children's pastor here um, 13 years ago, the 31st. Um, I, still I still remember that very well. To me, it seems just like yesterday, um, but to people who, who grew up in that, they're like, that was forever ago. Um, it's part of growing up that time flies, that, isn't it? Um, and some things that have changed, 13 years ago was uh, 2010. I remember telling girls before church, hey, girls, church is about to start. Quick te quit texting your friends and put your phones away. Now, in the age of, of 2023, before church, I say, hey, girls, church is about to start. Please stop doing TikTok dances and put your phones away. Um, th that's, th that's one of the bigger differences. Uh, but some things stay the same. One thing that has stayed the same is that ministry here um, relies upon a team of people. Right now, I get to be here because um, we have a wonderful team, a faithful team that, has, that is down there um, teaching your, showing your kids who Jesus is, teaching your kids who Jesus is, who are leading worship who are, who are leading small groups, who are showing these kids who Jesus is. And that is something that has remained the same and, and will remain the same. My goal as a children's pastor is to create lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. One of the stats I read this year was that 80% of adult followers of Jesus Christ decided to follow Jesus before the age of 14. That's four out of five adults who, who, who 
our faithful Christians made that decision as kids, as young teenagers. Jesus put the, the goal of, of creating lifelong followers of Jesus Christ in, in Matthew 28. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded to you. That is my mission, to teach the youngest kids this. This is our church's mission ab above pursuing God, engaging, in, uh, engaging each other in impacting community, but investing generations to influence community. It goes back to this, making disciples. It is imperative that we do this. The testimony that we wish our kids would have is that I decided to follow Jesus at a young age, and I learned to love him, and that, and that is something that has followed me the whole life. I'm thankful. I know some of your stories. And God has done some amazing things in you. God has delivered you from some amazing things. And I'm sure that you would agree that that's not the, I, I don't, I love that God is a deliverer, but for my kids, I pray that they don't have to go through the things that I went through. I pray that they don't have to be delivered from the baggage that I had delivered from. I pray that they love Jesus from a young age and follow him all the days of her life. That's my goal. And I consistently ask myself, how can I do a better job of doing this? And 13 years ago, the little five-year-olds who were in kindergarten are adults. My fifth graders are adults. Warren's back here doing sound. I remember his first Sunday here forever ago when I was a helper. Um, he's, how old are you, Warren? 31. And I remember as a kid, um, and, and I see some of you, and I, I remember you from Kids Church, and, and uh, I'm so thankful for what God has done in your life. And I've seen, a, I've seen a few things. And as I think about what can I do better, I thought, what is the most effective thing in helping kids follow Jesus? And it's kind of sad for me, but empowering for you. The most effective thing in having kids become lifelong followers of Jesus is this. Parents are parental figures modeling faithfulness. That's what it is. It has very little to do with, with what I do. I, I, my job is to come alongside you and, and help you create some, some experience that, 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 that lets Jesus show you, that, lets, that helps these kids become followers of Jesus, that I get to pray with so many kids, um, and I get to baptize kids. But what makes the biggest difference is you, as parents, modeling faithfulness. We're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you want to follow along, you can. Um, it'll also be up on the screens. Verse 1 to 13 and 20 to 23. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all the statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. 
And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you to the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care, lest you forget the Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. Verse 20, when your son asked you to come, and the time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes and to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive, and we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all the commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. I'm going to repeat verse 7 again. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. When faith becomes more than a Sunday event, sometimes, if you didn't stay up too late or if you're not busy, when faith becomes something that you live out, when you teach diligently to your children, as you sit in your house, as you, this says walk along the way, but drive in your car. As you lie down, before you go to bed, what conversations are you having with your kids? As you get up, what conversations are you having with your kids? When we are faithful throughout the days, we model God's faithfulness. We model what it is to see a God that is living. We see a God that is active. We see a God that's real. When God becomes part of every day, that shows our kids that God wants to be a part of their every day. That God is real and active today. That God is someone who loves them, who cares for them, and who is for them every day. And it also said at the end, when your son asks you in the time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded you? Then you shall say to the Lord, we were Pharaoh's slave in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the, the God here, Moses here, is saying, tell them what God has, what you have seen God do. There are times in our children's lives where they're like, where they ask questions. And when we could point back to what God has done in our lives, we could say, I may not know the answer, but this is what I've seen God do. This is how I've seen God be faithful in my life. You show your kids that God 
is a faithful God who's going to be faithful to them as well. Proverbs 22.6 sums up that entire chapter in one verse. It says this, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Some of you, you were faithful raising your kids, and your kids have strayed away. Some of you, you can you could some see the some you see the truth in this. You're like, yeah, there were times I like, I really wasn't that faithful, and now I see that my kids have strewn away, and I pray for them. We all have free will, and we all make choices, but we still serve a faithful God. During Upside Down Living, we, I do a memory verse in a kid's church, and we do a memory verse for a whole series. Uh, when it came to Upside Down Living, I thought, okay, we have a lot. We're going through the Beatitudes, and I can't just pick one Beatitude to pick for the memory verse because like, we're going to move on from that. Um, but what is the truth that, that covers the Beatitudes? And I came to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's the story of the builders from Matthew 7. Um, it reads this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and the great and great was the fall of it. In our lives, for all of us, the rain's going to come. In our lives, the floods are going to rise. In our lives, the wind is going to come and blow and beat against us. But when we are faithful to Jesus, we stand. And when we are faithful to Jesus, our kids see us stand. I remember uh, in January of 2011, I had been here just about a year. During that year, I met my beautiful wife. I married my beautiful wife six months later, um, and it was, I, I, I was coming up to one year of ministry here, and I was like, life is good. I love this church. Life Point Church is a wonderful church. I get to be the children's pastor here, which is pretty amazing because I love this church, and like we have a wonderful pastor, and things are, going, our things are great. And before staff meeting, we had a time of prayer. Pastor Steve, one of our, the, the priorities, of the, or one of the values of our church is that prayer is a priority. And before every staff meeting and, and on Sunday mornings, we get together and we pray. And I remember praying, I was praying right over there um, by Ed against the wall. And I was thinking, I just got back from my honeymoon, and I was like, life is great. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, things are going to change. Things are going to change. If you leave, it's going to be okay. But if you remain faithful, you'll be blessed. And I was like, 
that's weird. Um, all right. And I, I remember writing that in my journal going, I have no idea what this means. Things will change. Well, of course it's going to change. Things always change. But like, Pastor Bobby's been here forever. And like, this church has been an amazing church. And we've like, we're, we're good. We're good. I just felt like everything's perfect. And then like, a few weeks later, Pastor Bobby calls me to his office and hey, just so you know, next month that I'm announcing my resignation. And I was like, oh, well, things are going to be changing. <laughs> and things did change. Um, I remember uh, after staff meeting one, one, one time that the senior pastor pulled me aside. He said, hey, Nathaniel, uh, just so you know, we're in a tough spot. Your expectations are the same. Your hours are not going to change but you're going to take a 60% pay cut. And I remember going, oh, boy. And my first thought was, how do I tell my wife this? Like, we are, I think my wife was pregnant at the, no, my wife was pregnant at the time or we just had a newborn. And I was like, all right, I got to go home and, all right. And I remember, I remember praying on my home, again, I trust you. I told my wife this, and she's like, she was, she had way more faith than me. She said, it's okay, God's going to take care of us. I'm like, okay, God's going to take care of us, but this is crazy. And when I got back here, when I was heading to my office, on this ledge right over here was a couple big bags of groceries. I said, for Nathaniel, and, and there was one for the youth pastor as well. And, and I was like, what's this? And I opened it up, and it was like there was meat, and, and there was things to take care of. And I thought, of all the days... The fact that this shows up, God's good. And I had an, and I, I went and found out who it's from, and I called them up. And, and one of you told me over the phone, hey, I just felt the Holy Spirit say that I needed to tithe on my groceries. And so I went grocery shopping and gave you all my groceries. God has shown me his faithfulness because of you. And since then, things are better. We're not tough. We're not in the change. I, every time I see Pastor Steve, I'm like, God has blessed this church. When I think about how this last year, you guys gave more to missions than ever before in the history of this church. God is blessing this church. When I think of the, the families that are coming to moving in this town, I think of the, the people that are going to meet Jesus. God is going to bless this church. We are living in God's blessing. And thank you so much for being the blessing. And the fact that I get to do what I love to do is God's blessing. Here's a picture of one of your kids putting a light bulb in. Multiple times a year, I get to pray with these kids to introduce them into a relationship of following Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. We have a van ministry, and if, if you, if you want to be a van driver, we'd love to have you. But you, you go and pick up kids from, from surrounding, from Park City and around here, and, and a lot of those kids decide to follow Jesus. And it makes a difference for eternity. This little girl is, is one of your kids, and I know that her parents are faithful, and I know that this is the first step of many steps of a faithful life. And I get to be a small part of that. Here's another picture. This is at camp. 
Um, but it's something that we get to see every day. I just do a really bad job of pictures. These are kids seeking the face of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That these eight and nine-year-olds are on their face experiencing the presence of God. I encourage you, if you have kids that have not gone to camp, send your kids to camp. God does big things at camp. And I also want to thank you because for the past several years, due to your generosity, you've sent these kids to camp. You've sent these kids to a place where God meets them in a mighty way. And every service now, we have an altar call. At every service, I see kids come up, put their face on the altar, and say, God, I'm yours. God, I want to follow you. How awesome is that? And you've come alongside my family, and you've become a part of my family. She decided not to be in here, but I have one more picture. This is, this is my friend Marge. Most of you probably don't know Marge that well because she's never in here. Well, she's in here once a month, but she's usually in the back, and she's usually pretty quiet. Um, Marge helps me out three times a week, and she, not three times a week, three times a month, and she comes in here once a month most of the time, um, and she is faithful. She loves our kids. And she is phenomenal. I've, I've said many times the last, like, few years, I'm like, you know, the, this, there's some saints that I think that I've met in real life, and two of the saints I know are Judy Stanzer and Marge Bascom, um, because of their faithfulness, because of the way that they show Jesus. And we are blessed to have people like Marge and like you who, who come alongside of our kids. You have shown me time and time again God's faithfulness. I want to say thank you. I think when Levi was born, he had skull surgery when he was a few weeks old. You guys should be Jesus. When you came alongside me, how can we help you? How could we, and we, you prayed with us. You said, hey, I know you're going to go to Kansas City often. Here's some gas money. Here's a gas card because I know it's hard. When my twins were born 10 weeks early, you brought us meals for about 12 weeks. Um, said, I know because we had to go to the hospital every day because you can't separate a mama from her babies, and you can't separate, it's hard to separate a dad from, from his babies. So we were going to the hospital all the time, and you guys came alongside, and you showed us, Jesus, I want to say thank you for the way that you bless us. A couple of years ago, you sent my family to Disney. Um, how awesome is that? Um, that you guys have been a blessing, and I want to say thank you. But back to this. The biggest thing that you can do is be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful when it's not easy. The biggest thing you can do is teach the next generation who God is and his desires for their lives. And you don't have to be a parent to model God's faithfulness to train the next generation. You can serve. And you, um, you can help out in kids' ministry and do that. Um, let me know. We have a whole process. But um, are you, you can care. I have two stories to, to end us with. And one of them is Marilyn. When I was a young kid, my family didn't go to church. But when I stayed the night with my grandma and grandpa, my grandma drug me to church. Some of you are grandmas and grandpas. And you're like, yeah, when my, kids, they, my grandkids come with me on Saturday night, they come to church. And thank you. 
Um, and I remember my grandma would, would take me to church, and there was a woman there named Marilyn. Marilyn wasn't my Sunday school teacher. She wasn't that. She was, in my head, she was just a lady at church. But when I came to church, Marilyn put her hand on my shoulder and said, Hey, Nathaniel. She knew my name. Even though I was there just a few times a year, she cared enough to know my name. So I am so glad that you stayed the night with your grandma and your grandpa. And I am so glad that you're here today. I learned from a young age that church was a place that I was cared for. You don't have to be a parent to show the next generation that church is a place where you're cared for. You don't have to be a nursery worker. You don't have to be a kid's pastor. You just have to show up and say, hey, we care about you. I see you. And I'm so glad that you're here. Just to be a little lively, one of my other, my other favorite thing about going to church um, was uh, my grandma went to a, a Methodist church. And in all the pictures of the flannel graphs, they had Jesus wearing the white robe and, and the purple sash. And, and he looked like 30-ish, and he had the beard and, like, the curly brown hair. And I, my, my grandma was like, hey, you have to be quiet, because we'd said in her, it's like, because this is God's house, and we have to be respectful of God's house. It's like, okay, this is God's house. And up front, like, the, the, the minister looked about 50-ish, and he had curly black hair, and he had a big purple robe with a white sash. And I was like, well, this is God's house. And Jesus wears a white sash with a purple robe, and that guy's wearing a purple robe with a white sash. He's obviously in charge. That must be God. And at the end of the service, the minister would stand at the back, and he'd shake everybody's hands that are leaving. And I loved that part because I was like, not only does this place care about me, I get to shake God's hand. This is awesome. Um, and it took me quite a while um, to realize that, no, that's, that's not God. Um, but uh, one more story as we end. This is a story, I think, yeah, this is a story of one of you. One of you, as a grandparent, brought their kid to church, brought their grandkid to church when they were five. They stayed the night with you, and you brought them here, and they came to kids' church, and they had fun, and they loved kids' church. The two questions that parents always ask their kids when they get picked up has stayed the same. And it's, number one, what did you learn? Because you want your kids to know that they're learning something about God. And number two, did you have fun? Because you want them to have fun. And I try to create an environment that has fun. But number one, I want to teach people who God is. And I want them to know who Jesus is. And this girl, this little five-year-old girl, had fun. And she learned about God. And then, a few weeks later, it was Mother's Day. And this little five-year-old girl said, hey, Mom, Mother's Day's coming up. Will you go to church with me for Mother's Day? And this little girl brought her mom to church with her. And her mom decided to follow Jesus. And then the hard thing happened, and she's like, the, 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 which sounds hard. The, a few weeks uh, in June, it's Father's Day. And she said, hey, Dad, will you come to church with me? And the wife was like, oh, I'm kind of scared about asking my husband to church because, well, he has a history and, and things go. But who could say no to this cute little five-year-old girl? And, this cute, and so this father came to church. 
and he decided to follow Jesus. That family has forever changed because a grandparent brought a little girl to church because that little girl found Jesus so enticing that she wanted to share that with her mom and dad. Eternity's changed. You can show the next generation that church is a place for them, a place that cares for them, and your faithfulness makes a big difference. The worship team is going to play, and we're going to have some time at the altars. Some of you, your prayer may be, God, I've kind of messed this up. So when I've not been that faithful, I, this year, I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. There's grace. Some of you, we, we, as parents, we all mess up. There are some of, you, some of you that I really look up to as parents, and I've talked to a few times, and I said, hey, what's your secret? Because your kids are awesome, and you've raised up kids, and, and every single one of them is like, man, it's God. Um, I am not a perfect parent. I, am, I don't even know if I'm a good parent, but God is a good God. And some of you may say, I need to be, I need to be more faithful this year. Some of you have kids that are teenagers have, that, have, that have walked away from God or have adult children that walked away from God. Your heart is hurting right now. And I invite you to come up and we can pray because God can do big things in your kids. God can do big things in your grandkids. And some of you may have never decided to follow Jesus. And you think, well, I, I'm here. And I want to encourage you to begin that step. To say, God, I want to, I love you. I want to follow you. Thank you for the difference that you, that you can make. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. I'm going to pray. And if one of those things stuck out to you, feel free to come on up to the altars and meet God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. And God, may our heart break for the next generation. May our heart break for our kids, our grandkids, our neighbors that they may know you and that they may follow you all the days of their life. God, I pray for those in here who need to be faithful. I pray that your spirit would speak to their hearts and that you would do a work in them today. I pray for those who are faithful and their kids are far from you and their grandkids are far from you. And I pray that you would be the God of comfort, that you would be the God of peace, and that you would help us to be a faithful light. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. This concludes the teaching. Thank you for listening, and we hope you can join us for next Sunday's service with Pastor Steve Raines.